This is the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast, where we cover books, beverages, and the general BS of the day. A few disclaimers, we are not literary experts, or experts in anything for that matter, and explicit content should be expected. I am your host, Barry Price. I hope you enjoy the show. Good afternoon, fellas. Good afternoon. Jared? Mary? You got two more weeks on the mustache. It's looking good, man. I, I think it's coming in all right. That's going to look good. Are you going to be... You're going to be wishing you'd had it all along once you get it settled. It might make me faster. It could be like y'all. Uh, I don't know who I'm thinking. It, there, there's a uh, there's a track athlete out there. He he's uh yeah he rocks the mullet with the mustache. I can't remember his name. That was the look I was planning on, and then I got tired of my hair being long. So. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Just be the mustache. John, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Tito's and Topo with wine. There you go. It's like the old days. Jared, bro. Drinking a Sweet Josie Brown Ale from Lone Rider Brewing in Raleigh, North Carolina. Nice. Nice. I have got a screwdriver with a Cousin Tito in it. And I've got a Tito's and Topo over there for when I inevitably finish this one. Mm. Screwdriver is, of course, vodka and orange juice. I haven't had a screwdriver since college, at least. Man, they're good. I had never really. I'm not saying they're bad. (laughs) I haven't had one since then. I don't don't remember ever really drinking them, but I've kind of swapped mimosas out for a screwdriver on on days when applicable. Like them better. Orange juice gives me the worst heartburn ever, and I have no desire to drink it anymore. Yeah, I've been buying. I buy the uh, low acid ones. Getting old, boys. Yes, sir. <laughs> Speaking of getting old, Jared. Huh? You'll be what? Yeah, I got 30, a, I got 31, a coming up. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. This releases. Can't even believe it. So. uh you gonna run you a fifty k, just for shits? Oh no, we got a marathon. Coming uh, out. No, I'm not. Maybe afterwards. <laughs> the uh, so a couple of things to follow up on from the last episode. Actually, this is from two episodes ago, and I thought we had discussed it, but I don't think we did. It was at least not on air that I remember. And if we did, y'all stop me. Uh, Stephen King mentioning Trump in a couple of his recent books and people not liking that. Yep. Uh, I read something that Stephen King wants his books to be a accurate depiction of the time frame for which they were written in. And so uh, there you go. That's why he does it. Hmm. I don't think he gets into it too much either it's a, it's a lot more toned down anyway than what he gets into on twitter yeah in his personal life is that just so, a way for him to to not have to put a date in the book probably he's just because like a, in, uh, in salem's lot he mentioned like nixon and so and he, Kennedy, he put, he put dates and carry. She actually shared my same birthday, not year. Not really. <laughs> That's birthday, funny. Year what, you know, high school year, the class of '78 or whatever, probably '73, yeah. something like that. And so, uh, just thought I'd bring that up because it it can be a hot button issue for people, and can get me sometimes if I'm being completely honest. But, uh, um. But that's why he does that, I think. It's not necessarily to be political. It's just to help capture the the, the time frame and the way of life at the time. Uh, another thing to follow up on, speaking of Salem's Lot, and uh, we also talked about uh, 
in the last two episodes, uh, telepathy and telekinesis in Salem's Lot. One thing I didn't connect the dots on, but uh, they are vampires in town. So there goes the whole book for you. But uh, when the vampire comes to you, you essentially have to, uh, you essentially, it, it like it has to you have to be convinced that you want it to uh like be in your life or whatever for not not putting that very well but uh they seem the vampires seem to have a way to um make you convince yourself that it's all a good thing that's happening And then there's also apparently has been talks for a Salem's Lot movie as well. So have they never done one? Uh, they did. Uh, I don't know if it was a movie or a mini series, but it was a long time ago. They've done three carries. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit, that first one they did came out two weeks after the book was released, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. What books y'all got? I have. Oh, we're off to Stephen regarding- King. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Thanks for bearing with us. (laughs) I have regardless, I'm sorry, Regarding Willingness by Tom Harpool. Nice, Jared. I've got uh, Canyon Dreams by Michael Powell. Sounds good. I have got Playing with Fire by Scott Rikens. So, uh, John, let's hear about yours. All right. Uh, late last year, the Riverfeet Press, which is a um, what's what do you call it? Publishing. Publish, yeah, a publishing company up in Montana. They're real small. Reached out to us, asked if we'd review one of their books, and we accepted. And they sent me a review copy of Regarding Willingness by Tom Harpool. I really wasn't looking forward to reading this, but we had agreed to it. So I'm, I'm going to give it my honest opinion, but it really blew my mind. <laughs> I don't, I just got sucked into it. It is an anthology of Tom Harpool's writings from th- throughout the years. He is a former horse logger using horses to log, uh, move logs out of the forest and he got hurt and so he decided he was going to try writing and kind of stuck with that and so these are just some of his articles put into about a 200 page book i think there's like 16 different stories but it it kind of touches on his childhood a little bit and how he grew up and how he was just fearless but some of his stories talk about how he basically cut his arm off and had it reattached when he was cutting limbs on a tree in his sixties. Talking about driving in Alaska to deliver some metal to an oil rig at when it was minus seven degrees outside. He, he, He mentioned tires on this eye would shatter. They wouldn't go flat. They would shatter. Because they were and, frozen, or or, or yeah, they what? would. It was so cold that would freeze. He said it was like 170 degrees or 150 degrees temperature difference for from inside the truck to outside the uh-huh. truck. Holy and crap! The whole state was shut down while, they, but they had to deliver this so they could unfreeze the oil. <laughs> um, it was. He just really just sucks you in with the writing. And you just feel like you're there with him. And I don't know how he did it or whatever, but he talks about being a volunteer EMT and dealing with that. He lived out in Montana, I believe. And there's a couple of stories dealing with bears. One involves marijuana and a bear. (laughs) Using marijuana to sedate a bear. (laughs) (laughs) He had to use it or the... Or what? Um, uh, not to give away too much of it, uh, they, <laughs> uh, he had a bear, a nuisance bear tearing up his trash. So they came out <laughs> and were going to trap it. Well, this bear 
get stuck in there in the early evening and it's just making noise all night. And he goes out there and blows <laughs> weed into his face <laughs> <laughs> to calm him down. <laughs> and then there's another story he's he's he goes up uh, parachuting or skydiving in soviet russia with people he barely knows and can't they don't speak english so they're having they're teaching him how to skydive with hand motions hey, do you think you get uh certified uh, solo after your second trip uh, i'm say, saying that again or do you think what are the restrictions on flying solo? Did he uh, nothing that? in Russia. <laughs> are they were they a little looser over there? <laughs> yeah, they just put a backpack on him and threw him out. <laughs> and one I really liked was him. He was a writer, and this was in the early '80s, I think. And he had a gallstones, so he was going around to the doctors and hospitals and talking about how much they cost and negotiating with the hospital and the doctors to get the prices lower. <laughs> he was able to pay like less than half of what a normal patient would have paid. Uh, so, just the way he writes just really, uh, it was just funny the whole time. He's, he talked about how one of his x-rays got sent to a radiologist and he said later that day, the radiologist across town who I'd never met, sent me a bill for $150 to <laughs> confirm what the technician already told me. <laughs> uh, but I definitely would recommend this book and you should go check it out. You can get it at the Riverfeet Press. Um, we're not being paid to review this, obviously, but uh, it, it looks like they have a bunch of different books that would fancy my interests and I would venture to guess that it would fancy um, the interests of our listeners and you two. So this give book a, sounds hilarious. It really was. I definitely, I wish I could find more uh, from him. It sounds like he lived a hell of a life. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what the title is regarding willingness. So he was just willing to go out and take part in anything. Yeah. Is that where you got your saying yes to more things? Yeah, that's what I was just I told you earlier this week. You asked me if I wanted to go on a night hike, which I do not, and you're still going to have to talk me into it. Ah, um, they're fun, man. <laughs> just wander off into the desert with mountain lions and nah. No, that's that's if you go in the mountains. <laughs> you're good in the desert. What about the jaguars? The jaguarundi. You got to watch out for them. <laughs> Nah, we'll be good. Did uh, what's the uh, reviewers' copy like? Is it? Um, I I almost think it's just a regular copy. But they called it a review copy, and looks the same. Maybe it's not a hardback. Maybe first edition. Yeah, I wonder if in the copyrights it says anything different. And this I, is a small small company, so they may not have the resources to print me off one. I'd hang on to it. That'd be cool. Dude, so the his arm, I, I can't stop thinking about that. Was, was he in a, on a ladder with a chainsaw? Yeah, they were oh. apparently, he teaches you a lot of stuff too about his different <laughs> activities. And from learning the way not to do things. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like you'll use the wind to try to tip a tree the way you want it to go so it was pretty windy that day and he was up there trying to cut a few limbs off before they actually cut down the tree and uh, i think a gust of wind blew and it caught his arm oh, so he's up on a ladder man. and he's having to he's got his arm he's bleeding out no. <laughs> jesus yeah he said he's broken a lot of bones and i can only imagine so the story, all the, all the stories in there, are just different, just different little adventures. Yeah, essentially they, I mean, it talks about him being a logger, but there's only a few that really talk about logging, but they're still interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not all adrenaline filled, but I imagine of being a logger, there's adrenaline all day. He talks about being addicted to it. Yeah. Sounds like it. 
Well, and you said it reminded you of Ed Abbey's stuff, and it sounds like definitely up that. Yeah, that's and that's the kind of vibe I got from it that when I was reading Desert Solitaire, uh, just to, just having fun with it a little bit. He he works his views into it a little bit, but he's just talking about his adventures and kind of got that same mindset and smart ass attitude too. Damn, that sounds like a hell of a book. Hell of a read. And, and it is, know. has it been, is it any, so the only place you can get it right now is from the publisher. Uh, no, you can get it from Amazon. That would be good. There are no one-star reviews. That's what I'm talking about. There's six five-star reviews. Give us one. Uh, one of the five-star? Yeah. All right. Supremely entertaining. We hear about the writer's we hear about writers with a voice. Tom Harpool certainly fills that statement and then some. And these stories are compelling from tales of horse logging camps to skydiving and ice roads travel in the Arctic. Each one of them will stay with the reader. The characters are real enough to jump off the page and he doesn't hesitate to share the technical specs free falling or what temperature diesel fuel freezes. I recommend this book to anyone who enjoys a good yarn. I'm not sure what that means and uh is game to learn a few things along the way i think a good yarn I've, just means a good story oh, okay check it out there yeah i want to I, I think i think call uh cal and wink the guy you like yeah um follows them oh nice he's on here they might have published him too I've been seeing his books popping up a little bit more from not from him, you know, <laughs> so mm -hmm. who was it? Somebody we follow on the bourbon bookshelf page posted dog run moon, the short story book that we cover in a prior episode. We're starting to have enough episodes now that I can't keep track. Yeah. I just know episode 11 is the cabin sessions. <laughs> And episode 25 is going to be the Georgia Sessions. The Georgia Sessions. <laughs> Next episode, boys. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Two weeks. So, all right. Well, uh, thank you to, uh, who is the publisher? River Feet Press. Thank you, River Feet yeah. Press, for reaching out to us with that. Thank you. We will review any books anybody wants to send to us, but we're going to be pretty honest about it. So, But that sounded like a winner. It was. It was a good one. Jared, bro, let's hear about yours. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I picked up this book at the Mr. K's bookstore. Just kind of browsing around. It's called Canyon Dreams by Michael Powell, a uh, basketball season on the Navajo Nation. Um, book takes place in uh, Shen Lee, Arizona. Most of it does. Uh, about the Shinley High School there. But uh, the author follows around the, the head coach, Raul uh, Mendoza, who's been a, a uh, they call it res ball. Wow. So, so they, they, uh, he's been a, a res basketball coach for, uh, res as in reservation, uh, basketball coach for, I think, the majority of his career. And, uh, you know, the, the – it, it says a basketball season on the Navajo Nation, and that's true, but that's not what the book is primarily about. He, the author, does a great job in, in going uh, into, into like former basketball players' lives, like life after high school, after after basketball, and uh, basketball is huge on the on the reservation. Uh, he he's saying how how these games will will have two to 3,000 people just packed out stadiums. And honestly, it reminded me a lot of we, they didn't draw that many crowds, but going to a Ranger basketball game. Oh, yeah. yeah I miss <laughs> the Ranger basketball yeah. game. How everyone was just, just so excited to go to the games. And <laughs> that's exactly like what it, I was like, man, I, 
I know exactly what this guy is feeling right now because <laughs> that's how it was at Ranger. Like everyone's getting loud and everything, and and uh, that's I, Ranger I, Junior College for the, those who don't know. Yeah, in, sorry, in Ranger, yeah. Texas, home of the Ranger College Rangers. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> but uh, but I'll be completely honest here. I'm I'm still about forty pages shy of finishing it. Um, but I could I can it. I basically have the you get the gist of the book with, within the first few pages. Pretty quick. Um, it you know it's, it's kind of sad the the way some of these uh, some some of these Navajo folks live on the reservation. Man, like it, they're 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 just living in shacks. A lot of them. I mean, this book was published in 2019, so some of these folks don't have water and don't have don't have uh don't have electricity but and they can they can move but they don't want to because they want to live on the reservation because they feel that connected with with the land i understand but, that and uh and they tell you you know they they go into a lot of the basketball players the students how they want to leave but they also have a lot of pressure from home to not leave um but Overall, it's, it's a great book, and it's a really fascinating uh, insight into the the Navajo Nation and uh, Rez life. But uh, it's kind of, you know, basketball being the, the, the biggest unifier on the reservation is pretty interesting. That, that, that was probably the last thing I would have thought. But Yeah, I would not have thought basketball for sure. Yeah. They're they're good too. It's like he these these kids are damn good at basketball. Do any of them leave to go to college or anything, or that's just? Yeah, they they they've talked. Uh, Michael Powell brings up several students throughout the book. Kid, well, I guess they're adults now. Uh, being able to leave the leave the reservation and go to school, so I had to like freaking harvard and and what all oh nice so i mean there's ways out but it, it's just there's a lot of pressure to, to stay for sure i can understand that stay with your stay with your people your culture yeah. I and think... the way oh, i'm sorry Barry. no go ahead go ahead i was gonna i was gonna say that it seems like if you leave you're kind of looked down to like you that, that's kind of the impression I'm getting from the book. I, I might be reading into it wrong, but it, it's not. You're, I don't know. It's kind of like you turned you turned your back on the reservation. Yeah, I could see that. But I, I, I could be getting I could be getting that message completely wrong in the, in the book. But no, I could, that's the way I'm interpreting. <laughs> I could see that that mindset. It you know it reminds me of just kind of a you know, it's a little bit different, but it reminds me of just small town USA, you know, mm -hmm. your family's been in this area farming or whatever for, mm -hmm. for years. And then you leave to go to Lubbock, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. you'll be the big city kid now. <laughs> yeah. And so does it talk about Canyon to Shea at all? Yes. I believe that's where a lot of, a lot oh man i could be getting they talk a lot about canyons in this book how they they're sacred i can't remember the exact one but they they go hiking down a bunch just just so whatever's closest Shinley or Shinley or whatever whatever's closest yeah i'm looking at the address right now and it's in Shinley. huh well that that's probably it the canyon uh yeah they i went there as a kid uh my father's um company would do a yearly vacation so we like went to rio doso and uh canyon to shea one year and i thought mm -hmm. that was, i didn't re i didn't realize that it was on the navajo reservation was it was it cool he, oh it was he, awesome. he tries to really yeah it sounds pretty cool from the book <laughs> any one star reviews nope not uh, a one? Yes, but they're all it's all publishing 
ears. No. Look ears. I've got a question. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met Mr. K that owns the bookstore? Not that I'm aware of. I'm just curious. Well, how about in two weeks you guys go go in there and see if you can find him? He, he may he may want to come on the show. It might be fictional, Barry. That's true. Well, we could. I'm just saying, that Mr. K may be fictional. Yeah, could be. But yeah, I'd pick it up. You don't necessarily have to know basketball all, the well, all that well, although it would help to to understand the book a little bit better. When he's talking about games, just some of basketball terminology. I'm, yeah, I'm not the biggest basketball fan in the world, but you I'm, had basketball was, on TV not five minutes ago back there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> still do it. Still Gonzaga and. No, Villanova and Butler right now, but but it, it would it would help with uh, just understanding the the way the games are going as he, as he's telling the story of the games. Yeah, I can understand that. It's more about the community. Yeah, yeah sounds for like. sure, for sure. You you recommend it? I would recommend it. Perfect. What's this screenshot? Shows you the proximity between the city and the. Can't oh yeah, nice. really cool. He talks about trail running it from time to time. That's what I was thinking about. So it got me. That's where my mind went. Talking about canyons. One sec. I'm gonna go uh, yeah. update my beverage. All right. All right, dude, John. So in that in that book, is he just? He's just like nomadic almost no he had like it was hard to get a bead on like he had a wife and two kids that he raised oh shit but it seemed like he would in his younger days he would just go around go to alaska and then he was in oregon he's got a yeah from oregon he was his um i guess when he was a writer he would just go all over the world Man, I would not be skydiving in Russia. Hey. <laughs> I'm it just actually saying. turned into one of his favorite hobbies. Really? Yeah. Listen, you got to trust their planes, and then you got to trust their <laughs> parachute. I don't know, man. I've seen flights. Of, I've seen videos of commercial flights in Russia, and it ain't good. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, grandmother went to Russia. Well, it was probably eight years ago, maybe 10 years ago. And she took a ship from New York City to St. Petersburg. Wow. Yeah, transatlantic. St. Petersburg? Yeah, Russia. Where does that sit? Isn't that, I thought that, isn't was that what it is? I thought that was it. I thought St. Petersburg. Pretty sure that's a, that's a port. It was like a. That's badass. I want to say it's like six week trip, probably. Oh, sure enough, right there, dude. How crazy is that? Like, gotta go through the Baltic Sea. It'd be cool. I don't know why they chose to go on a boat versus plane. Something to do. Go right through Norway. Something to talk about. My wife would love that. Just six weeks of me with nothing to do but talk. Yeah. <laughs> and nowhere to go. Right. <laughs> There's actually a lot of, you know, on the the one boat I've been on, there was actually tons of shit to do. And I wasn't even on a big boat. I'd like to go on another cruise. I actually was looking, I may, I may have told you guys that boat that I went on my Caribbean cruise on, I was looking, they do a, they do a, I think it was a 28 day. It starts from Miami, goes all down the Caribbean, all down South America, the East coast goes into Antarctica, all the way back up the West coast and eventually drops you off in uh, Seattle, I think. 28 day 
Well, how how does a regular carnival cruise sound to y'all? Would y'all want to go on? <laughs> Probably not. I would, I suppose, but I've ne- I've never been on a cruise. They're, the one I went on was pretty cool. The carnival cruises are a little different because you spend the one I went on. We were at a different island every day, and we traveled overnight. The carnival cruises, I think, will like to travel you in the day a lot. I've always wanted to go on an Alaskan cruise, but there, I've, I've never been on one either. Ones. I'd go on an Alaskan cruise for sure. It's kind of nice not having a whole lot of options, you know, really. You know, yeah. We're just on the boat today. <laughs> uh, Bill Burr has a great bit about people bragging about cruises. <laughs> about not, not making any decisions whatsoever. Right. <laughs> I, I'm not going to even try to. You should just go look it up. It's hilarious. I believe it's on Netflix. He's about due for another one. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anyways, I had a, I did playing with fire by Scott Rikens. I originally didn't have any plans to cover this on the show. Um, but, uh, here we are the, uh, I read this book. Uh, I try to read 10 pages of an edu- an educational quote unquote book every day. Uh, more, that's more just to make sure I'm having some form of self-improvement day in and day out, uh, outside of, outside of the fictional reading I like to do. But, uh, anyways, like I said, I wasn't planning on covering this, but it came to a point where it worked out to cover it. And so this book is, uh, it's called playing with fire, financial independence, retire early, uh, and fire is what you'll often see that acronym as, uh, this book's a little bit different from a lot of your standard financial books. Uh, it doesn't really actually talk about finance a whole lot. The story's more about the author and his family's journey to financial independence. Uh, so it was more about just their day-to-day sacrifices and some of the challenges and uh, also good things they encountered along the way. Uh, and like I said, not so much about the math. But it's a good book, especially if you're just kind of maybe getting new to the subject of financial independence. Um, another one I recommend is called Retire Early with Real Estate, which I've sent to both of you guys and I know hasn't even been opened. I have read half of it. <laughs> it's, a, it's on my to-read stack right now. Give I'm it, ten, at it 10 pages a day, Jared. You'll be done. You'll be done before springtime. Get going now. We're in the south. It's springtime today. Yeah, it is. Winter is over. It's over. It's springtime here too. It's 80 degrees. I got my windows open. I got sunburns. I'm talking about time change springtime. Oh. Uh so, anyways, that's that's the gist of it. It's a short book. It's pretty good read. Uh as as good a read as anything on this topic could be. Uh, it's about, let's see here, 190 pages. Um, I read it in, you know, 19 days doing my 10 pages a day. And then, uh, I actually asked Scott if he would like to come on the show and he messaged me back and said, I am on vacation in Hawaii and we'll reach out to you when I get back. So maybe one day in the future, But it's a good book. I think, uh, you know, I think the financial independence stuff, I'm, I'm a little gung ho about the idea of it. Not that I am so great at the principles, but I think it's something everybody should look into because there's, uh, more to life than toiling until you're 65 or 70 years old. And there, and there is a balance that can be found. I think if you just get creative with it. So I I like that he didn't, do the math part it's that's a lot of people like to fill that up and use that to fill some pages uh dave ramsey says that personal finance is not a math problem or everybody would be winning right it's it's a behavior problem that's absolutely right stupid (laughs) (laughs) and he talks about the math you know he talks a little bit about the math just saying 
you know, basically yeah. just giving you some standard assumptions to run your own numbers on. But, you know, it's not like, you know, you think about a book like Millionaire Next Door, that whole book is basically statistics and, and math. So, I mean, that's kind of the, I don't know if it talks about this, but the idea that you have to drive a fancy car to let everyone know that you're not poor right, is not a way to win with money. Absolutely not. Oh, and it's definitely a behavior issue. And I almost, I, I seriously, almost anytime I see somebody with a fancy car, uh, just assume that that's the bulk of their net worth is probably that car. Yeah. I live in a town that's a little bit different in that realm, but, uh, still may even be worse when I put it that way. Dude, there's a trailer I passed by to and from work every day that looks pretty run down, but they have like a brand new F two fifty, right? A couple side by sides, uh there's always something new in their front yard they got four thousand dollars of vehicle payments every month and then wonder why their house is falling yeah. apart yeah but now i mean really the gist of it and we're not we're not a financial podcast or and definitely not experts in it but uh you know just there's there's two ways of looking at it is raising income or lowering expenses and to really, you know, to really get to the retire early part of life, you need to just be keeping your expenses as low as possible. Avoid the both, right? Yeah, I mean both ideally, but you know, the the big problem nowadays is the lifestyle creep, I think, where you get a ten thousand dollar raise and somehow you scrounge up ten thousand dollars more a year of expenses. All of a sudden I'm not mowing my lawn anymore. Right. <laughs> and so you know and then and also if you only have twenty five thousand dollars a year in expenses the you only need twenty five thousand dollars of income right yeah the the stressors of generating income are not as great you know you got ninety thousand dollars a year in expenses you got to get a ninety thousand dollar a year job stressful so that's the way i look you know i'm like man if i could get my expenses down to twenty thousand dollars a year i could go work at a damn starbucks in santa fe make that probably not in santa you couldn't get your expenses twenty thousand dollars a year in santa fe (laughs) but be nice to try yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's a I mean, that's a Dave Ramsey's whole thing is thing getting around debt, getting out of debt. And once you don't have a mortgage, I mean, all you got to do is pay for food and insurance at that point. Right. Uh, and keep the lights on. Um, a lot of the one star reviews on this book are uh, about exactly what I would think. Uh, you'd probably would find similar reviews on Dave Ramsey's books. Like, I just can't relate to these financial decisions. I've got a baby. I need a good, good car. Uh, well, you know, that kind of stuff. And what's good? I've got an old Mazda that's good. Right. Yeah. I drive an 07 Ford Focus. <laughs> Paid for. Doesn't cost hardly Damn, anything right. to maintain. I had a guy at work knock my Mazda. And I was like, listen, that thing's paid for. What are you paying for for your Jeep right now? Yeah. Really got him that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't doesn't cost a whole lot to operate a paid for car. <laughs> yeah, these comments are funny. It's just I comes across as a lot of victim mentality for for me. The guy, so I will say the guy, the author of the book made a good living. He's making $140,000 a year and his wife worked too. But you gotta, you gotta remove yourself from that because usually, usually the numbers scale up. So, you know, you just gotta adjust it to your situation and still think about the, you know, still think about the philosophy on behind it. I mean, that's, I'll tell a stupid thing me and my wife did is 
we're sitting in a house that has two empty, three empty bedrooms right now, thinking we were going to fill it with kids. We could, we could have been in an apartment, right, or a very small house with a much smaller mortgage. Right, already have it paid off. <laughs> yeah, that's a, something we can knock off. Probably, I don't know, fifteen hundred a month if we wanted to. No, that's sorry, that's a little too much. Uh, maybe. 900 a month just on the yep. house payment we had gone smaller eleven thousand dollars a year yeah um uh, so that's you know that's my thing just if you if you can't relate to the figures put your own figures into it and figure it out because there's people can cut everywhere just about so uh it is not your job to support direct tv right um there's also a documentary that he made that he filmed while he was doing this uh into the journey so i hadn't watched it but it's out there i would have yeah <laughs> maybe i'll go watch it right now so that's that playing with fire by scott rikens i encourage everybody to at least get the idea of retiring early uh in your mind it's nothing if you've read Dave Ramsey and one other book on it, you probably have a good foundation of how to make it happen. And from there, it's just execution, just like anything. So we got to skid away coming up 14 days from today. Let's go. Jared, are you ready? I, I think I'm ready, man. I feel good that last long run. It was a pretty big confidence booster. My ankle isn't hurting. I feel feel pretty pretty strong right now. It's because you've been eating some meat. A little bit. <laughs> but I don't think that's the reason. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. John, how you feeling? I think I'm ready. <laughs> I am ready to go. Getting pumped up. Every morning I wake up and beat my chest. Hey, did you get your signs made? <laughs> yeah, that's uh yeah, I need to do that. <laughs> <I'm>, Go Barry. <laughs> Go Jared. I think yeah. I think I'm ready. Barry, too. how are you feeling? Good. I feel good. Uh oh, and I wanted to touch on uh you may remember two episodes ago. I was four days into twenty-eight days of running. Uh and then the last episode I was eighteen days in. I'm now uh complete on the 28 days of running Ooh. so yes sir you gonna keep the that. streak alive yeah keep i'm the gonna streak. i'm gonna keep it going until march 19th at which time the streak will have to end but that's okay yeah, yeah. uh i'm gonna try to keep it going wait just wait, a wait, mile wait. a day you can round up a mile pretty damn easy wait 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 what are you doing on march 14th March fourth, the day after the 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 big race. Can we count walking? Yeah, we'll surely we're walking. gonna walk. Wait, 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 sure. Oh yeah, it's just got to be a dedicated mile, in my opinion. We're gonna run. <laughs> Record that. We're gonna run to the closest <laughs> place to get a I to get a, <laughs> a breakfast beverage. Oh yeah, jog. It's a little, just a little shakeout run. You got a mile a little, in you. A little jog. Yeah. So I'll follow you up in the car. Let's go. Well, John, he said you're gonna do I am, but <laughs> are you yeah, gonna definitely do it. start tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, gonna... What uh I guess we can talk about eating plans after the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm in. I'm in for whatever. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> Do me and John look yeah, like we're we gonna think eat? It, yeah. <laughs> me and John look like <laughs> we think about anything other than food. Look, first <laughs> off, we need the barbecue. Hell, we can even do back-to-back days. Yeah, I'll and eat barbecue every meal. I got to get the best pizza in town too, for sure. Yep. Oh, we got to get some seafood. Yeah. I know a good, good little bar right there on the on the riverfront. There's, man, they got Boy, some good. That sounds That'd right up my alley. Bar. That's good because me and Barry are on the seafood diet. 
Man, we're gonna be all on the seafood diet. I've been doing better. I lost uh, seven pounds in the month of February. Hell yeah! Wow. So damn right. Way to go, Barry. And that's with one you, week of being. That's with one week of being snowed in, shoveling every piece of peanut butter and frozen chicken nuggets I could get my hands on down my fat mouth. So. <laughs> uh no i just uh trying to be a little more sensible about things don't gotta eat every meal like i ain't ever gonna get another plate put in front of me so no i'm excited yeah i'm excited for it it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun i'm excited to bust out of my usual realm of travel destinations also so you hardly ever go outside of texas no, well, Texas is a big damn state. I know. I'm just. <laughs> I get about always. Yeah, I mean, I get. I kind of have my Texas, New Mexico, Las Vegas rounds that I like to make, but am trying to shake that up a little bit. Going to Colorado later this year, um, and Georgia and South Carolina, which I've been to both of those, so I'm not really doing a whole lot better. But well, going to different thing- parts. When you went to Georgia and South Carolina, it's because you went to Augusta, <laughs> um, which you were on one side one day and on the other side the next yeah. day. Yeah, we went to that other town, too. I guess we did drive through. Columbia? Or yeah. Where'd we go? Well, yeah, we went through Tennessee, uh, Columbia. We went through – we started in Atlanta, went down to Auburn, went up to Chattanooga, then to Asheville, and then Boone, and then to Columbia. I forget I've been to Alabama. Barely, but yeah. yeah. Auburn's a cool little town. Yeah, we we uh no, we drove back to Atlanta after the football game, didn't we? Yeah, we didn't quite make it there, but we we were I think we were in Peachtree City. That's what it's called. I had me a day hangover. Which are the worst. And Arkansas was getting their asses kicked. Yeah. <laughs> Auburn's a fantastic little town, though. They also have a Robert Trent Jones course there. Yes, yeah. they do. Where I spent my thirtieth birthday. Oh. So, anyways, I'm excited for that. Now, John, I'll try to expand my travel horizons for you. <laughs> Appreciate it. I've been to a lot of states, and I'm going to Arizona this summer too. And that may sound crazy, but. Uh, we here at the Price household are hot weather folks, so we're going to fit right in. Y'all going uh, to Sonoma? We are going to – Sedona. Sedona. We are going to go to uh, – we're going to go stay in Scottsdale, but uh, plan to get over to Sedona one day because it's only about an hour and a half. That's a great place, man. May even look at staying there. I don't know. Y'all should. 100% there's a lot of should. there's lots of dirt to run on around Scottsdale. So I'm, I know there is around Sedona too. And uh, planning that out because my 50 mile training plan starts in just well, I got a couple months still. So, but that's going to be a recovery week the week we go. So, just be some shorties. Anyways, I've got I've got plan. A is Paladero for the 50 mile. Plan B's Big Bend 50, which I don't even know if they do the 50 miler anymore, but and then I'm gonna do the 50k at Davis Mountain State Park, Sky Island. Get those miles. I saw yeah. does it go up all the I, th- I think it go it hits the trail all the way to the uh the overlook there. Davis Mountains. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you've have you. You know, talking about the the drive that's steep as heck. Yeah, uh, Olympia Creek or whatever. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's going to be a killer, man. I ran down that trail. I was I'm hoping to get over there in the next. Looks like fun. Next month or so. Now that it's warming up a little bit. Um. Did you guys uh, hear about old Tiger Woods? 
yeah. around some more. Do you yeah, think I'm really he's going to be able to come back from that. I don't know. I don't know how bad the injuries really are. Yeah, did he break a bone or did he rip up his knee? Yeah, That's... well, I heard one of the one of the breaks was a compound fracture. So, Ooh. and uh, I'm just happy. I'm I'm happy that he's alive, but also that we're what four days, four or five days removed from it now, and we haven't heard anything about him being impaired. Yeah, so I was really worried about that. that. Stays that way. I was really worried about that, especially after his interview at the golf tournament. Yeah, that where was, he was clearly impaired. Was, <laughs> we're we're happy that he's alive, and hopefully he makes it through this and comes back and wins another Masters. I uh, so I didn't know this, but he uh, is one win away from having the most wins of all time. Yeah. I didn't know that. They're, he's tied with, I think, Sam Sneed, I want to say, yes. right now. I like 82. Yeah. So, I hope he can at least get one more, because he is the greatest of all time, I yeah. think. You know, it's... I don't think Jack had the same competition. Uh, neither did Sam. Yeah. Sam, a bunch of his wins are against four people that... Tournaments that had four people in them. Right. It was like your your Sunday lunch bunch. Yeah. And Jack's wasn't too different, really. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's got the most major wins, but it's not like he was playing against what we have now. Or yeah, I think the equipment kind of equalizes everyone for sure. And if you have a good day, you can go out and win. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully Tiger will be back for at least one more quick recovery. Don't think you'll be at Augusta. I don't know, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and sell my tickets this year. I don't have tickets. <laughs> I saw somebody griping the other day. They're like, I finally got tickets through the lottery for 2020. And then it got canceled in 2021. <laughs> Jared, what do you think? I- I don't. I don't see Tiger coming back from something like this, man. He already has a jacked up back. Who and he probably could have hurt it more, right? Well, in the just, accident, he just had surgery on it mm-hmm. less than a month ago, probably. Yeah, I mean, who knows how long it's going to be before he's able to swing a club again? Yeah, and whether he's going to be able to swing it like he used to. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I'm just glad he's alive and yeah. Um, and Ben Hogan came back from a bad car crash too. So. No, that's true. Well, I had a I had another question. Me and John were talking about this a little bit the other day. Uh, I have been enjoying just a little sidebar. Have been enjoying golf being back on though. I I was kind of sad that football was over, but golf golf's got just a good like Sunday afternoon vibe. Just turn that shit on and it does. Look at the green grass and think about how much better their lives are than yours. So <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask about coolers. Because there's two types of coolers in this world. There's $30 Columbia's and there's $300 Yetis. Well, what about the hundred not Columbia's sided? There are Columbia's. Uh, what are Coleman's? They? Coleman's. Yeah. I have a Columbia cooler too, actually, though. Jared, what are your thoughts? You're the mo you're the most outdoorsy of us. No, man. I've got a soft sided 30 pack arctic that i enjoy yeah and that isn't it's not cheap i didn't buy it but that's, it wasn't cheap that's what i told john i'm like i, I <laughs> fucking love having a yeti but i need to win it in a raffle right. <laughs> <laughs> it but keeps things cold i uh i like the rtic brand and then uh heb has a brand in-house called kodai that's you know similar mindset i've been thinking about getting one but 
I just need something that'll keep ice. I mean, really, that would be the whole reason for even getting it. Keep ice through a four-day weekend. Yeah, because uh, in Texas. Yeah, my my Coleman cooler will hold ice for about eighteen hours at room temperature, which it rarely is here. And so <laughs> I need something that can do a little better than that. And the reason I'm even thinking about it is because me and John are going into Big Band for four days coming up and be nice to only have to buy six bags of ice instead of 12. I mean, you have experience when you had a job where you driving around West Texas and you had a Yeti that you just kept in the back of your truck and you put yeah. ice in there once a week, right? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Dang. Well, I think you got to get one. No, I think I'm, I'm definitely think I'm at least going to get a, one of the HEB spoops i need to go look and see how much a yeti actually costs because if i can get a yeti for 30 dollars more i probably will what i've seen like arctic and or an yeti arctic. Or, arctic is half the price of a yeti for this the comparable size well uh they tyler, may have come down since i last checked tyler vance had that arctic cooler up when we were at your cabin and it mm-hmm. didn't last well i thought Igloo too, man. Yeah. Igloo makes a uh, a pretty heavy do heavy duty cooler now. Just made in Katy, Texas. Really? You've been uh you got that vacuum insulation. Yeah. Isn't Arctic also in uh the Houston area? I think they're in Dallas. That's crazy. And Yeti's out of Austin, I think. Out of Austin, made in China. <laughs> What about all the others? Yeah, I'm sure they're not. I think Igloo is probably the only one that's made in the U.S. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I'm going to look for an Igloo cooler. I'm not. It really is made in in Katy, I swear to God. I'm not brand loyal to anything. So, I just, that's been on my mind a lot lately. I mean, I think they're probably worth the money at the Mm -hmm. end of the day especially if you live a lifestyle where you need to keep ice for a couple of days at a time you know because my coleman is like probably great for a picnic yeah tailgating yeah (laughs) yeah not so great for you know driving out into the wilderness for three days now i I will say i will say that having this arctic cooler heavy a much nicer cooler than I would ever buy for myself is pretty nice, man. Especially, I mean, it'll keep my lunches cold. How big is it? Um, It's big enough to hold 30 beers. Oh yeah. You said that 30 pack. So you take it like out kayaking with you. Now it's frozen up. You take it out kayaking with you. Yeah. I'll fit my kayak. Keep lunches. Oh yeah. Yeah. I keep it in my, in my kayak throw some lunch some bright uh, uh some drinks keeps it nice and cool that's kind of like i've got my little coleman cooler or columbia and it's pretty nice it ain't gonna keep ice for more than six hours probably but you know like if i wanted to day trip over to the davis mountains it'd be perfect for that because i could put two beers and four waters in there actually being completely honest, it'd probably be five beers and one water in there. <laughs> and then a, a sandwich or something, because it's got a little shelf. Uh-huh. You know, keeps that stuff up. Oh, that's cool. So it's perfect for that. But that's like, it's it's only application is a day trip yeah. like that, you know. So just need to find something, something a little better. Yeah, I, I think I've made too much fun of 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 yeti coolers to buy a yeti yeah cooler <laughs> it's like like jocko willink saying he can never eat a donut again in his life never right. <laughs> get seen doing that yeah. <laughs> uh, now nah, i probably i'd probably i mean i've got yeti cups and this is that i'm drinking out of right now is a, an arctic cup and then i've got a kodai cup too and they're all good uh especially on the cold front i almost don't like them on the hot side because 
shit stays too hot. Stays hot for a long time. Yeah, can't ever even drink the damn coffee. Yeah, if you want to take coffee with you in the morning and have it still too hot to drink at noon, Yeti's the way to go. You got to make it the night before to be drinkable. Yeah, or let it let it cool off. I'm sitting in meetings. Turn air into coming out. Uh, Pour it into a styrofoam cup. It's good for the. uh the environment <laughs> good for you too so anyways right. you guys got any closing thoughts fans we'd love to hear your input on coolers i'm just excited to see you guys and barry yeah john i'll see you jared see you fucking wednesday yeah i'm excited i should just i Dang. should just change my flights and fucking fly back with you do it <laughs> and i'd have to get to Uh, so when this publishes it'll publish while we're in big ben yeah john and i will be in big bend jared will have had his birthday okay just trying to think where we're at in the whole scheme of things so uh yeah i'm excited to see you guys too i'm excited to get into big bend uh look forward Mm -hmm. to talking about that adventure jared see you in a couple of weeks yes sir Looking forward to seeing y'all too. Yeah. Also, it looks like one, maybe more of our fans, listeners, will be at Skidaway. Yeah, running. So hopefully, he's run running the half. half. Uh, based on uh, what I've seen in Strava, he will uh, certainly finish before I do. That'd be cool. Uh, if you're listening, you know who you are. Come find us. John will be standing around somewhere. Yeah, I'll be the oh. fat guy sitting <laughs> in the chair. He'll have a sign. Yeah. <laughs> we'd uh, we'd love to meet you. Introduce ourselves. And uh, I regret that I didn't, we didn't get shirts done up now, so we could be easily identifiable. But well, That was harder than I thought. It's not easy. <laughs> you got to buy 500 of them. <laughs> and you got to agree on them. Right. <laughs> My whole thing is I don't like this material. Yeah, my whole thing is especially ordering online is I don't know what material is gonna show up, and that's a big deal. So I need to just find somebody here in Midland that can do it. So all right then. Well, don't just read your book, experience it. Uh John, see you Wednesday at 9 30. Hey, y'all have a safe trip. All right. Yeah. Yeah, we will. We'll do our best. Don't get stuck out there. I have that's been heavy on my mind today. I don't want to get heavy on John's though, because he's a bit more of a worrier than I am. Do Do you have a second spare? Uh, I'm probably going to, and I'm also <laughs> also probably going to have. A, don't forget your jack no 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 that's funny i'm actually am going out after this to make sure i have everything to change a tire and i'm gonna go buy a uh charger battery charger and uh extra gas tank yeah i've got the gas tank already so i'm not too worried about any of that i don't think the roads as rugged as the park lets on but uh out there at Mariscal Canyon Rim, you're fucking 30 miles either direction from the, <laughs> the nearest pavement. So hey, that's only a four mile run. Yeah. Four mile hey. or four hour. Oh uh, yeah, four hour. <laughs> four hours. I've been training. Hey, y'all are staying at Pine Canyon site number four three, right? Yeah. I guess we'll be gone. Yeah, this will be after. <laughs> yeah, be after this. Let me know. Let me know if anything creepy happens there. Why? Thanks, Jared. I've been reading a lot of Stephen well, King, man. There's almost. Did I tell y'all? Y'all don't know. Yeah. Y'all don't know about we don't site number know. three. No, is that where you? No, stay? I'm serious. No, tell us. No, 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 no. There, there was a murder there. Oh no, shit, motherfucker. Pine <laughs> Canyon site number three. When? Yeah. I'm not going. Um. Did you commit it? That, Am I about to get me a short story no, idea? <laughs> no, it's it's actually it's unsolved. It's unsolved. So did you get that out of the, stories uh, of the Big Ben? Yeah, death 
uh, death in Big Bend confirmed as one of the few cases. Well, there's been several cases, but it's one of the only unsolved murders in the in Big Bend National Park. Barry, do you have a loner gun? <laughs> I tend to leave my gun with my wife when I travel without so, her. So, the, dude, people, it was a guy solo who was solo, right? And uh, he, some some hikers came in in the morning. They see him laying up on a, on a log there. And uh, it looked like he was sleeping. When they got done hiking Pine Canyon Trail, they came back and they saw him in the same position. They were like, something's wrong here well, they walk up on him and he's dead well god damn y'all stay tuned for episode 25 <laughs> <laughs> if that logs there you 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 know <laughs> you know <laughs> and now we're at pine candy number three no wonder it was so easy to get <laughs> y'all gonna have a great time though I'll be good. I ain't worried about it. Apparently that not. <laughs> that that's why I asked earlier, Barrel, like in such kind of surprise. I know. Well, well, you said it, I, and I'm I like, I was... just thought you'd camped at it before when you seemed so no, like you were something. No, I would never camp it. there. <laughs> never, never camp there. Well, John, you still want to go for that night hike? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> I'll just leave you at the camp by yourself then while I go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, y'all are night hiking y'all are doing pine canyon not pine canyon well maybe that might be a good night hike no i just like to kind of oh. wander i just kind of like to wander off oh, from the campsite yeah, in the dead of night two three in the well, morning hey that dude from friendswood died doing that same thing so it was also the ass crack of summer you got any good you got any good things to say about big ben yeah. I love Big Ben, man. Actually, it's a total dump. Yeah. Don't ever. Don't ever go. Don't ever go. Hey, but at Lots Pine of Canyon. Murder. There's a 100% chance of murder. <laughs> Mexico is just right there. And you guys know what happens in Mexico. <laughs> there, no, that, hopefully that waterfall's going for y'all at, at Pine uh, it, That's really cool. Man, it could be. It's been awful wet around here. So, Do I need to bring my water filter no there is no water what if we get giardia you said you just said there's a water oh, there is water we ain't gonna that's a four mile round trip hike <laughs> so all right then well anything else nope here bro get them all in yes sir uh all right John, see you Wednesday. Jared, we'll see you the Thursday after. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast. Our aim with this show is to encourage people to read widely, enjoy good beverages in moderation, get outside, and have good conversations. We hope we can meet this goal while serving as good company for you, the listener. If you enjoy the show, please let us know by subscribing to and reviewing the podcast and following us on Instagram. If you really enjoy the podcast, please consider making a small monthly donation to help us continually improve the show. You can find the link to do this in the show notes for this episode or on our Instagram page at bourbon underscore bookshelf. Thank you and we'll see you next time.